0: Welcome to Mediation Today, a program brought to you by Vesna Satichanin, a Canberra lawyer and mediator. Every episode introduces an experienced Australian mediator to talk about mediation training, development, ethics, and practice. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the ACT land, the Ngunnawal people.
1: Dear listeners, good morning. Eddie Senatore is my guest today in Mediation Today. Eddie is a Canberra-based business consultant and a nationally accredited mediator. In today's episode, we'll find out more about Eddie and his activities. Good morning, Eddie, and welcome to the program.
0: Good morning to you too, and thank you very much for having me.
1: Your website states, amongst other things, that you are a business owner, that you are an economist, that you've got some legal background, and sometimes it says you're a counselor. Yes. The latest addition to your skills and qualifications is that you are a nationally accredited mediator.
0: That's right. That's
1: right. Let's start our talk with a story about how you established yourself as a business advisor here in Canberra, and then we'll hear about you as a mediator.
0: Thank you. Well, the story's um, the story's long. Um, started uh, probably, I'm trying to think now. Maybe three or more decades ago. I started as a graduate in, a, in a, an accounting practice that specialized in looking after businesses that um, were having financial problems and bankruptcy work. And so the information that's on the website is all true. It's just the sequencing of the sequencing of the order of those activities. So I'm, I'm a believer of lifelong learning. So I, uh, I graduated university with a Bachelor of Economics um, and that provided me with a good Background information of how business operates, with understanding the uh, the bigger picture economies, and I still.
1: And if I remember correctly, it goes far into your youth. <laughs> that's that right. Exposure.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah. So the natural tendency to go into that sort of line of work was um, because of two personal experiences. One, when I did start university, uh, was that my father was retrenched from his line of work because the business that he was being employed by went into liquidation, and so I was. Busy as a student, uh, reading up and researching this material, and, and got involved in that situation and helped my father um, get what he was entitled to. Because back in the 70s and 80s, things weren't as they are today. If you get away with something, you would get away with it. And I think the features back in the 70s would be considered uh, aggressive today in terms of how people deal, dealt with each other. It's far more transparent these days. And And then a little while after that, renovating the family home, the people that we were having built the work, actually went into liquidation. So we lost a bit of family money in that sense in that we pay for things and didn't get the goods delivered. So having that background and understanding of how that works and then position came up in that space so I applied and, and got the work and I used the personal experiences about doing the research and understanding how I didn't wait necessarily like they do now and have gap years. I finished year 12 straight into university, straight into researching and then straight into a job and finished the rest of the university degree part time, which I think makes a lot of sense in, in hindsight because you're actually applying what you're learning and how, how to make that relevant.
1: Do real life, yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was a natural progression, I think, from economics into that business business advisory and getting exposure in that early. Basically, my experience started really early. And so that's how that came about. And, and, and dealing with business issues, you can't isolate. So an accounting qualification dealing in tax work is one thing and an accounting qualification dealing in books is another. An accounting qualification dealing in how to turn businesses around requires a little bit of understanding of the law. Um, and so that led me into doing further studies into commercial law. So I did some graduate diploma work. And that was that was interesting. So I understand that background, but more importantly, how to research and understand what you're reading. That's a trick and tip that lasts forever.
1: And you've been in Canberra all the time?
0: So in Canberra for at least the latter part of the 70s. So I'd say I'm Canberran from probably about 1979 onwards, uh, I had a couple of migrations. So Sydney originally, um, I had a couple of migrations back into Sydney for career reasons. So the the, the work in Canberra is diverse and uh, equally as exciting as you'll find in other place, but in places, but in Sydney and Melbourne and others, the work's just a little bit more bigger and complex. And so um, back into Sydney, hometown, understood how it worked, but getting exposure to the bigger type assignments uh, made a real impact on Commercial jungle. Yeah, and how quickly you learn. So you take all those experiences, really, not to get a job done, but what you can learn from those.
1: The next bit is particularly important for this program. Why did you, after all this exposure to business and and commercial side of of life, Mm. why did you decide to become a qualified mediator? And how did the mental and somehow professional attitude and transition to mediation happen for yeah. you personally?
0: Yeah. So once again, it was working with the people. So that was the reason reason why I set up my own business was not to be caught up in the mechanics of big, big corporates and providing advice. Um, so running your own business, you have the freedom to do what you want to do and how you do that. And so the natural progression was for, for me now is the, the mediation able to help people That are facing some difficulties in their commercial experiences because the alternatives aren't great. We either we either resolve our disputes and negotiate a position, or the next thing we're doing is we're we're lawyering up and we're heading into court, and someone else is controlling our outcomes. That's no disrespect for the lawyers. I've got a lot of colleagues that are lawyers and a lot of friends that are lawyers, and I think that um, they have a really important role to play in in society but i think if you're heading off down into that court route to try and resolve your disputes you lose a little bit of control Um, getting into mediation with my background and experience and there's a lot of that i think that i can help people in the commercial space by resolving their disputes
1: my guest today is eddie senatore a canberra business advisor and a mediator now that we have heard about your background and professional activities so far could you please tell us about your mediation practice? It is an interesting area of practice, possibly even more so for people who have themselves been involved in multiple businesses, like yourself. Yes, and can compare their own experiences with some situations in which they find their clients.
0: Yes, yes. Business and commerce and mediation is, is essentially a, a facilitated negotiation. And we hear all these sorts of stories about negotiations and making the first bid and the highest bid and the lowest offer. But at the end, it's about two people coming together. And if you can facilitate a conversation as a mediator as opposed to directing people on how they should play uh, the game, but direct them so that they continue to have a conversation about the issues, then I think in the end, people will get to resolve their own issues. And as a mediator, particularly in commerce, having the experience I have in the financial space where business is very difficult, we know what the upside's going to be and we know what the downsides are going to be. And you can see from a very early stage people are holding their positions, what the outcome is going to be if they hold their position. But their position is one thing. What drives that position is where we need to get to. Um, and often we find that sometimes, you, you know, financially you might have to say, well, it's not a great outcome. But really when you look at it, the financial is only a little piece of the action there. Um, That's
1: the relationships, isn't it? Yeah. And one of my earlier uh, guests was actually talking, uh, exploring that, the relationship and mediation. Yeah.
0: So you'll often hear when two people talk, this is the last time I'm dealing with you. But if you can have a guided discussion about why it is we're in this situation and then trying to mend that relationship as you go through that discussion and that facilitation, you're actually going to have a really stronger relationship being frank and open and and being able to talk about things directly is a good way to be in business. And if you can have those sort of business partners, it's great, as opposed to just having a disaster and walking away and then having to build other relationships.
1: I was planning to ask you about what areas do you practice mediation in and why. But now you've you've sort of uh, already explained that. So this is pretty much a business area. And you were talking about the, yeah, maybe not the best financial outcome. And then we were talking about the relationships. But it's really important to understand that business is about relationships. It's all about relationships. Exactly. Tell us about that. Yeah,
0: so it's all about relationships. So I focus in the main on business issues because uh, that's my experience in Forte. That's not to say it's solely that. So if there's an employee, and employer having an issue, you know, I, can, I can mediate in that space. But the small business space or the business space, particularly where the financial implications are not great, that you would run off the court. So we've got a million-dollar dispute. Let's head off the court. We've got a $15,000 dispute. You're not heading off the court. But interestingly, the print, both the principles apply in both those same principles, and sitting across the table. It's all about relationship. So landlord and tenant relationship, employer-employee relationship, supplier-customer relationship. So it's really understanding what's driving that, that dispute. And money is always the issue, but people don't realize what it, the real cost of it is. How do you approach
1: the- it when you start a mediation, for example, in a meta? Mm. How do you approach it? What's your, what's your attitude towards it?
0: Firstly, I, I, I build rapport with both parties in the mediation. So I would my usual practice is that I would meet with them independently prior to the mediation.
1: And some people don't.
0: Mm, interesting. So that's my approach. So I'd need to know, the reason I do that is firstly to understand from their perspective what the issues are. And I think people tend to uh, be more open and transparent, particularly when they understand that the conversation that we're having is confidential. And so they they give you everything. Also in that, uh, what I call pre-mediation meeting, I work out pretty quickly whether the person's ready to mediate, whether they're willing and ready to get to a compromise sort of mindset and agreeing to get some outcomes. And if they're not, is having a conversation about getting them ready for that. And so that when we get to mediation, we're likely to have more success. And sometimes these pre-mediations actually resolve the issues. So yes, I did meet with... You know simon two weeks ago and we did have this discussion and it seems like he's willing to resolve this oh that's a surprise because last time we met you know billy's having a conversation now uh one mediation i did recently was a small commercial dispute 60 odd thousand dollars and i had my pre-mediation meetings and both parties seemed willing and wanting to get this thing resolved because they wanted to essentially get on with their lives when they came in the room was the first time they'd seen each other or been in the same room, let alone had a conversation with each other for up to seven months. Now, we're not going to resolve anything unless we start having a conversation. And both were apprehensive about expressing their opinion and expressing themselves as to the issues. And that's what the mediation does, it allows for that to happen.
1: This third and final part of our conversation today, Eddie, I'd like to devote to your plans for the future. But before that, I'd like to hear just because you were talking about complex issues surrounding everyday business running and, mm. and some a bit of sports and all of that, mm. how did becoming a mediator change, or did it change your view of life?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the training for mediation is not simply facilitating discussion; it's asking questions and and being curious, and and so that's that's changed my life in the sense that I'm really curious about issues now and sort of want to ask a lot of questions. And often you'll find there is some underlying theme or reason why people position themselves the way they do. So you need to really step in their shoes and be empathetic and and understand living their lives from their eyes as to why this position's arisen. And I think that's been a major change as well, that just not accepting a position, my opening position, or I'm not going to pay you, but there's a reason for that. So let's try and understand that. And we are going to get to that is if we become them and look at it from their perspective and that happens now in everything I do. So if someone says something just walking down the street, or positions themselves in the supermarket, there must be something that's driving Isn't this. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I found
1: that myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great observation. Yeah. Uh, can you then just uh, tell us about your plans for the future? And uh, you know, how did this COVID situation play with your business? And yeah.
0: so COVID for us is um, really hasn't had that much of an impact. Um, like most things, the it's quietened down a little bit, but it's enabled me to spend a bit more time doing a bit more reading and research around negotiations and, and mediation. That's what I tend, I'm tend i tending to do now, is to spend a little bit more time in that space. So always learning. So I did the nationally accredited mediation course through the people here in Australia, and I've done an overseas course now, and I've just finished an online course with Harvard. I'm now in a discussion group that's with mediators who are based in America and the UK, so globally. And they all have the same issues. and. In the end, it doesn't matter where you are or what studies you've done. It's all about people. Everyone has the same. We keep coming down to talking about, well, how do you deal with a person in this situation? So regardless where you are.
1: What uh, would be, and that will be your last um, answer for today, (laughs) what would be your key message for new mediators entering the field of business mediation?
0: Yeah. So I don't think it's any different than what I've just explained today, and that is just being curious not being judgmental and open and just being curious about, well, that's interesting. Tell me a bit more about that. So what would I do in that situation? And this is the way you're approaching it. So these are the things that are driving you. So we need to deal with those those issues.
1: Eddie, the time has flown.
0: Wow, okay. Quickly. No problem.
1: We are at the end of the program already. Good. Thank you so much <laughs> for pleasure. being my guest today. Yeah. Thank you so much. No Dear listeners, this was Eddie Senatore. My name is Vesna Cvjetičanin and I'll talk to you again next Monday. Goodbye.